0: This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Z Prime on the Grid. I am your host, Dylan Lockwood. Joining me as always is my co-host, Aaron Hardick. Aaron, how's it going? It's
2: going well, Dylan. I managed to get a short workout in before this with the Z Prime team, as you know. Um, Emma Garcia and Chris Moyer have done a really good job throughout the work from home period and getting our team involved with yoga and workouts. So actually just wrap that up before joining you guys.
1: I mean, I missed out on that. I had another call, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to doing it next time. And I, you know, I really appreciate Emma doing the yoga every week. Um, so yeah, we're, I'm glad to hear that uh, you're not letting you're not letting quarantine turn you into a into a amorphous blob like it like me
2: <laughs> well i'm I'm definitely one of those people who needs physical exercise simply for my mental health as well. I've noticed if I don't get out and get up and moving, then I'm not nearly as productive at work, so they definitely complement each other.
1: Yeah, I, I have to, I have to get better about doing that myself, but uh, on to the show today. We have NREL's project lead for the American Made Solar Challenge, Sarah Gomash. Sarah, how are you doing? Welcome to the show.
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Uh, so just a quick refresher. Uh, can you remind us what the American Made Solar Challenge is?
0: Sure. So the American Made Solar Prize is a U.S. Department of Energy funded initiative that has two pieces. Uh, The first is the prize program. It's $3 million in cash prizes over three phases, ready, set, and go for innovative ideas to move forward uh, U.S. solar and solar manufacturing. And then the second piece is that's supported by something called the American Made Network a group of organizations across the US that are there to help uh, support our competitors through that process.
1: Right. And a while back we had on uh, Debbie Brote Giles from NREL uh, as well to talk about the first round. Um, we're you know now in the if correct me if I'm wrong, in the middle of the second round and putting together the third round. So how has all of that been going so far? what What lessons uh, were learned from the first round?
0: Yeah, it's been great. Um, As you mentioned, for round two, we have 10 finalist teams right now uh, that are working in the last phase of the prize, and they'll do a demo day later this summer. And for round three, we have our 20 semifinalists that are working hard through the second phase of the prize um, to do a demo day also later this summer. So we have a total of 30 teams right now working through that process of idea to proof of concept to prototype and pilot. Uh, So there's definitely kind of no shortage of activity over here. Um, I think kind of in terms of the difference between rounds, one of the things that's great about the Solar Prize is that it's so broad in what we're looking for. Um, And I think in our later rounds, one of the things that stood out for me is really the breadth of people and ideas that apply. Um, Of course, we have kind of entrepreneurs and innovators that have been in the solar space that are familiar with the department of energy that have been working on this stuff for years. And we're, we're glad to have them or we're glad to support their ideas. But I think in these next uh, rounds, we've also had an increase in uh, what I'd call garage entrepreneurs. Um, People, people have sort of been tinkering with something in their garage for a long time, but haven't had an opportunity to kind of open that garage door and let it out. Um, Or even, people who have never worked in the solar space before. Um, People that kind of saw something that they do that could apply and brought it to the space. Um, So I think people are really seeing this prize as something that's inviting for all people along that spectrum. Um, And I think kind of through the round, that spectrum has kind of grown um, even more. And we've really learned about putting a support system in place that kind of caters to the needs of everyone along that spectrum.
2: Uh, speaking about the the breadth of that spectrum and some of those garage entrepreneurs, which I <laughs> really like that term. I feel like it creates a nice visual for our listeners of, you know, somebody actually sitting in their garage at home. It's very, I guess, Microsoft-esque from that standpoint. Um, but, you know, you mentioned you have a lot of different folks working on a lot of different types of challenges in the solar industry. So what have you learned about issues in the solar space and beyond through some of these participants? and solutions that have been demonstrated in the American-Made Solar Challenge?
0: Yeah. Um, one of my favorite phrases is that necessity is the mother of invention. And for me, I think the really interesting thing about the prize is seeing how each entrepreneur's personal experience in the solar space or as a customer of solar really shapes the way they see the challenges and opportunities and even how they address them. Um, And our solutions are kind of brought across that. For example, we had a team of uh, DIYers that really felt like there were high barriers for entry for a homeowner to install solar on their home, that they didn't see kind of a dip your toe in the water, low cost, low risk way to experience solar. Uh, We had teams that identified unused spaces in their everyday lives and asked themselves, what's preventing solar from being installed here? So they're working on solar patio pavers and lighter weight solar installations for commercial roofs that can't support traditional systems and solar arrays that can roll on and off farm fields or parking lots. Um, we've had an artist that thinks solar is ugly and so asked how can we change the design of solar so people want to put it in their gardens and in art installations. We've had people that have worked in the solar industry uh, in solar installation and maintenance and are trying to bring improvements to that space. Is it different surface coverings and lawn mowing under those commercial arrays or identifying monitoring failures in the system? Um, Are the teams looking at the cost of solar and asking themselves where they can make improvements? Are there new ways to increase panel and cell efficiency? Um, Or a team that experienced the blackouts in California last year and asked themselves, why don't I have power at my home when I have solar on my roof? What can we do with storage at the home? Can we island our home system? Is there a space for EV? batteries to play here? Or what about the grid? And how do we help utilities integrate renewable energy there? And I think for me, that's been one of the great things about this prize is not only seeing people's solutions to these problems they've experienced, but seeing them move that proposed solution into a product. Um, And I think one of the goals of the prize is by the end that each team has identified a pilot partner um, and so looking over the course of the year, going from where they started with this innovation to having a utility company signed on board to test their products or a city or a municipality seeing its value or getting that first purchase order and really feel like they're on a path to provide a viable solution to any number of solar problems.
1: So, Sarah, the stated goal of the American Made Solar Prize, as has been mentioned before, is to create networks of innovators to come together to create solutions. So now that the first round is concluded and round two is well underway, how has that network creation aspect played out?
0: Um, I think with every every round of the prize, now we're in round three, this network is becoming more and more important to the prize uh, and it's expanding beyond just the solar prize. So again, that American-made network is any organization across the US that has raised their hands and said, Yes, some sort of skill, expertise, facility, something to help energy entrepreneurs. And those are accelerators and think tanks and universities and prototyping facilities and organizations like Z-Prime. Um, we're really excited to have Z-Prime on board as a power connector for this Solar Prize, which is really taking that connector role a step further and diving into a couple of things that connectors really do well in helping us to put on a really successful prize. So uh, Z Prime is on board as one of five of our power connectors for the Solar Prize and uh, really doing some great work to tap into some new markets. But in terms of the network, um, a couple weeks ago, I was able to catch up with uh, one of our round one winners, Solar Inventions, who I think you guys had the opportunity to talk to back in the fall, uh, just after they won. We were kind of checking in, you know, six months down the road, uh, looking back. What, what do you wish that you would have known um, or done differently? Or if you could travel back in time, what would you have told uh, yourself kind of in the middle of that prize? And I think one of their big focuses was really utilizing this network, that, that sometimes as an entrepreneur, it's such a hard concept to grasp that there are all these organizations and people out there that want you to succeed, and that are there to support and help you in this process. And I think I point to Solar Inventions because their story is so great. After winning round one as a competitor, they've actually joined the network as a connector. And in addition to moving along the solution that they proposed in the Solar Prize, they're helping five of our round two and three teams to do the same sort of thing. Um, And I think that really speaks volumes to this ecosystem that we're building, the support that's available in that ecosystem and kind of that, that collective movement within that network. Um, I've also spent a lot of time here talking about the Solar Prize, but since launching round one of the Solar Prize, we've actually added um, 10 other American-made challenges across different renewable energy sectors. Um, Just last week, we launched a prize for additive manufacturing and geothermal and solar desalination, and we have prizes for water and for battery recycling. And so I think it's also exciting to see that this this network um, is there to support entrepreneurship beyond just the Solar Prize and these different prizes and eventually grow to a point that it can even support kind of initiatives outside this prize initiative.
2: That's really exciting to be able to launch that in different areas. I'm sure that you'll, you'll find a lot of solutions given this kind of like formula that you guys have come up with. So that's really exciting that you can you know, take it and apply it to other types of challenges outside of SOLAR. But going back to solar, Sarah, you mentioned, you know, some of the things that you've learned about, some of the issues that you've learned about so far, but can you maybe talk about some of the key challenges that still exist within solar and how you hope those may be addressed? And that can be in the context of actual technology challenges or um, also kind of like partnership bottlenecks, how the industry exists today and why that may create challenges with, you know, people working with each other. What what are some of those key challenges that you hope um, to see addressed?
0: Yeah, I think kind of in terms of specific challenges, one of the things I really like about the Solar Prize is it's it's not prescriptive in terms of the challenges to solve. And so I think, as we talked about before, we're really seeing uh, people and their individual experience and their individual perspective, bringing that challenge and solution to the table. And really kind of all you have to do in that first phase is convince us of the problem and convince us that maybe you have a thoughtful way to solve that problem. Um, I think with with the network piece and kind of the the challenges there is, I think, there's no shortage of accelerators and networks uh, across the country. I think one of the challenges with those is sometimes it's hard to figure out how to tap into them, um, or they're very localized in the community, or they, they're they very technology specific. Um, and so I think one of the things we're really hoping to do within that work is to, is to expand that and to have it be global and have it be a a place where um, entrepreneurs and people with the skills kind of can join up and match and move ideas forward, um, and I think we've seen some really great collaborations across that network of people who who needed a, a skill set. We had one team that really needed some help uh, with the fabrication of solar cells, and they were able to reach into that network um, and find someone who could help them. I think that more uh, national Kind of movement um has been really interesting and we've had we've had some connectors in our network that have been able to talk to each other and kind of compare compare what they thought were localized issues um, and realize that they are they're spread across the nation so I think we're really looking um with the network to to change the way that people find support as they go through this process
2: we We've definitely seen um that challenge of trying to tap in to this network. For instance, actually earlier this week, one of our coworkers had a friend that is trying to tap into the solar industry, and her friend was uh, offering to volunteer her time to help install solar and provide kind of energy efficiency services in the local Austin community because um, you know a lot of challenges have been created in that area given the pandemic but she was just struggling to even tap into the network so we've definitely seen that as well.
0: Yeah I think I think it's hard on both sides um, on one side you don't know where to start or on the other side maybe it's too overwhelming and you Mm -hmm. still don't (laughs) um there's too many choices and so i think um one of the things that we're trying to do especially with organizations like z prime um is to help competitors navigate that space um and kind of narrow it down to someone who's there and is going to pick up the phone and help them and help them in the right way
2: it seems like solar is one of those industries where information is very concentrated within certain groups. And it really needs this revolution of democratizing information of, you know, different sorts, whether that's, you know, information regarding technologies and how to use them or information on how to work with different types of partners. But it seems like it's Concentrated in certain areas, and more and more people need access to that information. So, there needs to become like there needs to be this wave of the democratization of information within the solar industry.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point Um, in terms of information in the solar industry. And also, I think bringing not being so kind of not having such an exclusive community is and really trying to figure out where those pieces of overlap are and who else has information and skills that can help.
2: Yeah. I think it's interesting when you were talking about um, early in the episode, when you were talking about how solar panels could be installed in gardens, kind of like as these art pieces. And that's a really good way to get new, fresh perspectives on solar. You have artists and non-solar technologists starting to think about how to use this technology in different ways. So I think it's that's just one example of how um, the American-Made Solar Challenge can start to bring in more diverse perspectives and get that information to different types of people than it traditionally has been with.
0: Yeah, exactly. I really like that example. And, um use it probably way too much. Um, but I think one of the great things about that prize is that opportunity for someone who, who hasn't been in this space to have like a really comfortable entry point. Um, I think we've heard from other teams like that, that, you know, the solar prize really gave them, gave them a starting point, um, and gave them kind of a reason to keep working. And also, those skills and expertise that they just wouldn't have been able to access otherwise mm-hmm. um, and I I really like that kind of on one side of the spectrum you have people that are that are looking at how how the everyday person interacts with solar um, and how you you bring solar um, to kind of more of the general public um, if you'll remember maybe our other our other winner in uh, round one, was a group that saw an opportunity to put solar on manufactured homes as they were coming out of uh, the manufacturing facility. And so kind of reaching another, another group that maybe doesn't have access to solar traditionally and expanding that. And that's kind of one side of the spectrum over here. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have people who know the intricacies of solar and of the grid and how systems connect and how the solar cell works and really trying to come up with how can that be done better and smarter and um, cheaper and more efficiently? Um, and so I love just seeing kind of that whole spectrum of problems all addressed under the same prize and kind of what resources are really common needs among those groups and what resources are super different needs that we can um, kind of target and tackle in different ways. For the prize, I really think our secret sauce here to helping solve things in the solar space is really two things. I think it's speed and connections, um, speed from a couple of standpoints that first is getting money to entrepreneurs quickly. It's a straight cash prize. Um, not a grant. We've had, uh, one of our teams tell us that winning $500,000 is more valuable than a $2 million grant because they get cash now and they can deploy it when and where they need it. Um, in my past life as a grants manager, I completely understand kind of how sometimes grants could be really, really slow. And when you're trying to move forward on a research and development pro- project or something where you have to pivot a lot, having that that flexible money um, is invaluable. And then I think the second piece on speed is really how fast the prize moves. The three phases of the prize each only lasts a few months. And so it forces teams to move and to take something that maybe would have taken years and try to condense that into months and give teams kind of milestones to work toward to really take that idea and get it out the door to something that's um, pilot ready at the end of this. And then I think just that second piece is those connections. Um, Obviously the cash is super valuable to these teams and startups, um, but so are those connections that we can make. And another another piece of this puzzle in addition to that American-Made Network is that we give vouchers um, for work with facilities in the American-Made Network or national labs. I think a lot of teams have really said that in order to get um, in front of a researcher at one of these national labs that's an expert in their space, maybe for someone that's never been in the solar industry or just sort of kind of tinkers with the solar industry to get matched with that expertise um, and have kind of a way in the door to test or validate their product or to do kind of another iteration is really, really valuable. And so I think those pieces together really fill maybe a gap in this research development innovation space that other other programs really aren't able to fill.
3: That's such a simple idea, too. Uh, It seems to be working out for you. Speaking of working out for you, how would you define success for this program? Is there sort of an end goal after a certain number of rounds? Is there some kind of solar ecosystem you're trying to create? What metrics are you using to determine success for the solar prize? Uh,
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me and the rest of the team um, and the people kind of in our community, this isn't just running a prize program where we get 120 applicants and choose two winners and give out some money. Um, I think success for us is really each giving giving each team and each competitor and company in this prize program the resources that they need to make that next step in their innovation process, whatever that looks like. Uh, we've had teams that have told us they've been ready to shut their doors, but then they won fifty thousand in the first phase, which led them to raising over two million dollars in venture capital in just a couple of months. Uh, or entrepreneurs where this is a side project and the prize really allowed them to quit their day job and spend all of their time moving this idea forward. So I think at the end of the day for me, success is really this rising movement of American-based entrepreneurship and innovation in the solar industry that fuels some sort of change in that space and to have a network of organizations across the U.S. that are supporting energy innovation beyond just these
3: challenges. Thanks for laying that out, Sarah. And thanks for being on today. We're going to be keeping up with the prize and the finalists as we go into a monthly solar podcast series we're collaborating with you with NREL on. So thanks for, I guess, kicking that off with us today, Sarah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited uh, for your next couple of podcasts and for you to have a chance to talk with some of these teams and um, what's inspired them and how they've gotten to where they are and their take on uh, some of these issues in the solar space.
3: Yeah, and we're looking forward to talking with them as well. Erin, thanks for being here on the kickoff of this journey. Uh, we'll be heading down the solar trail together over the next several months, looks like.
2: Yes, we will, Dylan. I'm really excited to, you know, talk more about this project with... <laughs> that NREL has going on moving forward. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they solve challenges in this space. And then also um, really interested to see what Sarah was talking about and how they kind of take this formula and apply it to other areas. That will be really exciting.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. We'll make sure to keep our ears to the ground. Uh, If you're looking for more of this content, you might find it at zprime.com along with our research and media. You can find us on social media at D.Y. Lockwood at Aaron Hardick, at Z prime underscore research. My name is Dylan and we'll see you all next time.